Hello, humans! Kung Fu Cowboy and Bear here. We're bringing you updates on our upgrades and reminding you, do the right thing and be good to your horse. Shaolin Records produces these eight podcasts. We got eight different podcasts. Shaolin Music uh, administrates the copyrights, and Shaolin Communications distributes and markets everything. Ah, what's with all this Shaolin stuff? Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. The Jedi exist, but they're Shaolin. All right. Hey, there's, uh, let's see. Um, what am I going to do? Well, oh, oh, I got some cool stuff to tell you about today. All right. Kung Fu Cowboy and Bear here. Let's get moving here. All right. I'm always so impressed, depressed, surprised, or well, maybe not so surprised anymore, at how little anyone in America knows about Kung Fu or Tai Chi. Unfortunately, Bruce Lee kind of like took everybody off the Kung Fu trail, and um, that was it. That was it. Um, Bruce Lee never pursued Kung Fu after he made his first movie. And uh, <clears throat> so nobody ever got to see him do Kung Fu. He was just doing all kinds of other stuff. So, and he became everybody's hero. So everybody's Kung Fu hero was somebody who wasn't even doing Kung Fu. Okay, so, and he wasn't a Kung Fu master. He wasn't even a black belt. So the next hero that came along was who? Um, I don't know. We've got Steven Seagal, who's a Japanese karate person. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm not really recommending that. And the story of him and his training in Japan is something I would never want my children to undergo. And then, who else have we had? Um, we've had uh, Claude Von, Von Damme and some John... Uh, the, um, but once again, they're all karate people and they do those splits and they're bodybuilders and they're doing things that, once again, I really wouldn't push my kids to, you know, I want you to be do it exactly the way they're doing it and do what they do. So once again, we, did, we didn't have, find any role models for Kung Fu there. Um... <clears throat> um Bruce Lee's son. Now that that he he was I, he was I think just a mixture of all kinds of different martial arts. But I, I really was hoping he was going to be a kung fu hero. I had a lot of faith and I, I was very excited about him. I liked him a lot, Brandon Lee. I thought he was a, I, I liked him, enjoyed him a lot. So sad to see him go. So who did we have after the turn of the century? We, that leaves us with just Jet Li and Jackie Chan, and both of those guys do wire stunts and jump through buildings. And once again, things I would never let my or want my children to do. So where's the kung fu that you'd sign your children up for? That's the kind of the sad thing. So in the last forty years, there's never been a kung fu in America that anybody would want their kids to sign their kids up in. It's just. It just isn't there. And then you look at the karate things, like the karate kid or something like that, and once again, you see them just being a bunch of thugs. You know, if you want to be a bully, you go take karate classes, and then you can become a good bully. And then if you want to stop being bullied, then you go to the karate class, and you fight the bully in the class, and I guess then you don't have to fight him after class. So I guess it does, in a way, solve bullying. But uh, let's see. So anyway, I wanted to point out that. And hey there, little buddy. I think I might have a guest. Nope. Is he coming in? All right, buddy, I'm still recording, so let me finish my show here. All right, and so where was I? So what is Kung Fu? Well, let's start with a couple of real basics here. Kung Fu, what are the two words? Gong Fu, Gung Fu, Kung Fu. They're all the same Chinese characters. They're just pronounced differently. Now, one, <clears throat> the um, they basically mean time and energy or work and time and... That's it. Kung Fu just means time and energy. So everything that you do is literally Kung Fu. <laughs> Got a little chaos going on in my podcast environment here. Okay, so where was I? The, um, so Kung Fu is anything time and energy. Sleeping is Kung Fu. 
walking, talking, sitting, standing, and doing martial arts. It's all Kung Fu. So everything's time and energy. <clears throat> That's why when I've gotten a couple of compliments from Chinese master and they said that my Kung Fu was good, they weren't talking about my ability to break a board. They were talking about my ability to embody Kung Fu. And, and I've had some really of the most amazing high-level compliments from some Chinese masters in that regard, saying that, you know, I really did have good Kung Fu because I embodied it. And anyway, that's the highest compliment I think you can have. <laughs> so anyway, well, actually, the second, the other one I like is I like sharing it with other people and seeing them benefit from it. I guess that's, that's the reward of being a Kung Fu master is being able to enrich other people's lives and then feeling good about it. I mean, it, it's, it's amazingly how, 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 anyway, it's just, it's nice to make people healthier and happier. Okay, Kung Fu, time and energy. So what is Tai Chi Chuan? Once again, people in America never got to know what Tai Chi Chuan was. Tai Chi Chuan means Tai, something big. Chi is a um, ultimate power, like a bomb in this case. And Chuan means boxing style. So supreme ultimate power boxing style. In other words, if you can't beat up every other single person in the planet, you don't do Tai Chi Chuan. <laughs> you got to be the biggest, baddest, Taoist in, in town. So anyway, that's what Tai Chi Chuan is. I actually believe it came from what was called silk reel boxing and evolved from that. But the Tai Chi Chuan involves the yin-yang theories of the Taoist temple on uh, the Wu-Tang, Wu-Tong Mountain in China. So more on that later. But uh, yes, in fact, I want to share all that with you. So anyway, Tai Chi Chuan is supreme ultimate boxing style. So it, it, they were competing with Shaolin. So in other words, if you can't beat somebody up with your Tai Chi Chuan, then you've been taught by a fraud. You've literally been taught by, by a... Um, a, a, a shenanigan by a, a mulligan? No, that's a do-over. <laughs> a fraud. Yeah, by a charlatan. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Anyway, yeah, but unfortunately, all the charlatans don't even know they're charlatans because they were taught by charlatans or frauds or fakes or wimps or sissies. So anyway, we've got the wimpiest, sissiest Tai Chi in the planet. I mean, we have taken Tai Chi Chuan and turned it into something that's absolutely embarrassing. In fact, when I, my, my, Two of my Tai Chi masters, when I graduated in the 80s, gave me two stern comments. One said, do not turn this into yoga Tai Chi, referring to these yoga people trying to do a little Tai Chi videos back in the uh, uh, 80s. Had they already started then? And then the other one was the, um, another master, and he said, don't turn this into hippie Tai Chi. And I, I, that one I took more personal, <laughs> being a hippie. But those two things, I definitely, I, I, I didn't just hear them. I, I promised that I would not. So, no, I have not created hippie Tai Chi or yoga Tai Chi. But I did pull my yoga out, and I got a great yoga program. And I got great combat Tai Chi program. So uh, I think all my masters um, are proud of me, actually. I think they're all still alive, and they, and they do think well of me. So I'm doing good. I, I've, I've been, yeah. I've earned my master's praise. So let's see, where was I? Um, tai Chi Swan is supreme ultimate boxing style. Kung Fu is time and energy. Now, one was created by Buddhists and the other one was by Taoists. Okay, now, Kung Fu, Shaolin Kung Fu is a Buddhist temple. Buddhist people creating a martial art. Tai Chi Chuan, a Taoist temple. Taoist people creating a martial art. Buddhist people. Buddhists believe in harmony, psychology, psychotherapy, um, getting along with others and social etiquettes, okay? Just, and, and family, strength and family and unity. <coughs> so Buddhists are all about getting along with each other, okay? So that's their Kung Fu. So their Kung Fu is not about killing, destroying, intimidating. It's about 
basically maneuvering people back to where they're supposed to be <laughs> so everybody can be happy. Now, Taoist Kung Fu is based on the elements of nature and the forces of nature. So in the Taoist fights, he's not so much thinking about your mind, body, and where you're supposed to be in society. He's thinking about what forces and elements he's got to work with and how he's going to basically clobber you with them. So I would say Taoists are probably a little more unfriendly in their delivery of force. So anyway, there's a basic difference between Tai Chi Chuan and Shaolin Kung Fu. The Tai Chi Chuan people are nasty, dirty. In fact, I learned Taoist um, uh, staff. Um, he, he's passed away recently from Shifu uh, Steve Ba. And he actually taught a class at uh, Tai Mantis on Taoist staff. And <coughs> then over the years, of course, he, I considered him my Taoist mentor. And, uh, but yeah, so I actually have the, the whole thing about the Taoist staff is it's sneaky and it's mean. I learned the Shaolin uh, staff first and then I learned the Taoist staff and it's, it's, it's all the stuff you'd want to like, it's, it's good for a cane. It, it's like I said, it's the nasty, sneaky, dirty tricks is the Taoist stuff using the elements to your advantage. <laughs> and the Shaolin one is about using all your entire body and grace and form in the animal styles to basically create these huge, powerful movements that you might not have ever dreamt of if you weren't so inspired. So they're two totally different martial arts and uh, I, I look forward to revealing them more to you later. But I'm just wanting to let you know that if you think you know what Kung Fu is, you're obviously wrong. And if you think you knew what Tai Chi was, you were obviously wrong. So let's see if I can't fix that. Let's see if we can't get Americans to understand a very simple concept of what Kung Fu is and what Tai Chi Chuan is. I like that idea. Well, I'm excited to even be more excited as soon as I can hear this soundtrack that Scott Karahadian has recently completed. So he's assembled it or is assembling it. I'm not sure. I thought he said he had assembled it. So somehow we've got to take that and get it into a mastering format, decide how we're actually going to present or release this. I'm not sure. He's. We've even been talking about making a vinyl LP. So... I'm not sure what your suggestions are or what we've got by the time you hear this podcast, but uh, let's see what we end up making out of this. This is the soundtrack for Kung Fu Cowboy Rock and Roll Movie 1. So this soundtrack is all... It, well, I'm ex In fact, Scott said, oh, I'll, I'll write you a list. I go, no, 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 I don't want to see the list of the songs. I want to hear it. So I'm excited, Dex, to hear this soundtrack album and... Uh, and so anyway, I'm excited. In fact, I'm thinking, um, I'm going to try to confirm this with Scott. Maybe our next show, I'll bring Scott in and he can, we can uh, let him explain about it and uh, interview him about the movie. And yeah, anyway, I'm excited, but I'm excited about something I haven't heard yet. Well, I've heard all the pieces of it, but I haven't heard them in this particular mixture shall we say. All right. So anyway, Kung Fu Cowboy Rock and Roll Movie 1 soundtrack album. Mostly American Zen songs uh, based on the screenplay written by myself and Scott Karahadian. And uh, he told me that we've actually, I'm excited to tell you about the movie, what we're going to do. Should I tell you right now? I'm looking at my list of things to tell you. I don't have it here. Maybe the news is too new. I don't think, maybe I haven't put it in my notes yet. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't even tell you yet. Let, let me get a little farther along. But it looks like we're in production. Uh, we're in pre-production again, and uh, the ball's rolling, and it looks like we're going to be able to get this done this time. And so I'll, I'll give you more as I get more definite on this. But I'm really excited. We got some really concrete things happening for the screenplay or for the for the production. Well, let's put it this way: we, we've got a donor for at least the uh, film. We're going to shoot it on film. <laughs> 
All right, I'm excited to tell you, excited, but I actually am. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to going back and even reading the book again. I haven't read Super Soul in a couple of, couple of years. <clears throat> it's been a while. So the basic concept of the Super Soul, we're going back to the Vedic scriptures. Now, these are the, can probably, at least as far as we know, are the oldest communication of God with humans that was written down that we have evidence of today. So what they would do is <clears throat> they would take these palm fronds, these little slits, and they would uh, put the messages or the information on that. And then they, well, actually what they would do is they would stitch them together, <clears throat> creating like a um, a, a little uh, mat. And uh, I, as I have seen them, it's been some time, but I've seen pictures of them. They, and they would, and this would be the scroll. It was a whole bunch of these slits of uh, palms, and then they would um, carve or write in them. In fact, it may be carving because that's why it's lasted uh, three thousand years or something like that. I'm not sure what the carbon dating is, but these are really, really old. Some people say four thousand years. So going back, we've got these four thousand year old messages of God. Now, what's God saying? Well, this is the basis of the Super Soul Thirteen. As I was studying all these old scriptures, looking for the oldest, oldest clues to what God may have actually said, if he said anything, and if anyone actually heard him. <clears throat> and it looked like in this case, God was explaining that there is what is called the super soul. Now, that means that every person is born not with one soul, but two souls. Now, by having two souls, one soul is mine. I got my Richard Del Connor soul. Yay! And uh, there, that's me. But I got this other little piggyback soul there, and that's so, that's the soul of God. That's the the super soul, that little piece of, of God that is with me. That's why people say, I did something right, and I could feel it in me. Or I did something wrong, and I could feel inside me that it was wrong. And so the way that these old scriptures explain it is, when you are not in harmony with God, that is when you feel that discomfort. And when you do something that makes that soul of God happy or harmonizes with it, then you get that double pleasure. And so this super soul is not only meant there as kind of like a recording, perhaps, of everything you do and goes back to God when you die, but it also gives you a reference of what God expects or has intended for you by asking you to harmonize with him. So that's what the super soul is. And so, yeah, all right, get the book, Super Soul 13. It was written in 2013, but it, it, I like that title, Super Soul 13. Makes me sound like I've probably been tattooed or uh, branded with that. <laughs> super Soul 13. It's at Amazon.com. And, of course, the publisher, ShaolinCommunications.com. Super Soul 13, the book by Buddha Z. That's another name for Richard Del Connor, who's also the Kung Fu Cowboy. This guy's... Anyway, hey, uh, should we start this over? Who am I talking to? I, I, I think I was whispering to the audience. All right. Um, hold on. Let me get this warmed up. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. All right. Eugene, VP of Marketing for Shaolin Records. All right. I'm ready, guys. Go ahead. Hello there, this is Eugene, VP of Marketing for Shaolin Records, and I'm here to tell you that you need to go get the book, Super Soul 13, written by Buddha Z. 
Now, Buddha Z wrote this book in 2013, which is why it has that name, 13. And Super Soul 13 is largely inspired by old Vedic scriptures. Now, these old Vedic scriptures led him on an interesting journey that year, which, of course, you'll read about when you read the book. Super Soul 13 by Buddha Z. And this actually explains a lot about the formation and the birth of the Kung Fu Cowboy movies. I still think, guys, we could have paired these up uh, like we did last time. Okay, well, tell me when you're ready. Now, where is it? What? What do you mean this is it? All I see here is it says 10 videos to go. Oh, guys, come on. Really? All right. But by the way, did you hear me? He, uh, Buddha Jen, he actually went to the doctor this last week. He went through three pairs of shoes in the last year, and he still ended up being, uh, he wasn't able to solve his foot problem, and he's got plantar fascist, fascist, for something, uh, fascist something. Uh, anyway, poor guy. But he's still plugging along. Uh, okay. Well, tell me what you're right. So that's it. I just, that's all I got to say. He's got 10 videos to go. All right. Okay. I think I can do it. Okay. All right. Yes, this is Eugene, the VP of Marketing from Shaolin Records, and I'm here to tell you that we've almost got the Shaolin Chi Mantis online school up and running. We're, we're, we're actually still building the website, actually, this, at this very moment. But in terms of the video production, we've only got 10 videos to go. Yes, 10 videos to go. And the, and the first belt rank level, the white sash belt rank level of Shaolin Chi Mantis of the beginner program will be completed. 80-some videos. My goodness. So you got to do all of these and pass all the tests, and you can get a stripe. A stripe. Yeah, a stripe. A stripe in the uh, Shaolin Chi Mantis school. So, yeah, climb on board. Let's see what you can do. All right. These are less than ideal. Uh, this is... Um, anyway, I am going to present to you Zombie Beethoven. It's on my iPod, and I've got no way to get it to you other than playing it through my speaker and then recording it with my iPhone. So here you go. This is uh, the best way I can probably get it.
How'd you like that, Bear? Bear's giving me headbutts. I think that's a good sign. You like that song. So, yeah, he was sitting here hitting the phone with his tail. Yeah, okay. That was Kung Fu Cowboy and a cat named Bear presenting you with my song, Zombie Beethoven, uh, with me and uh, Zombie 3. Yeah, I had some help. Those are zombies. I love playing guitar with those guys. Now, here is a really good foot-tapping album. Seriously, there's no way I've watched. I've actually tested this on people. I have them listen to this album. No one can hold their feet still. So I think that's a good sign. So this is the album, Scorpion Resurrection by Kung Fu Cowboy, without his cat named Bear. I I don't think he was actually involved in this, although he may have been a uh, supportive influence. Kung Fu Cowboy. This is his album, Scorpion Resurrection. It is a foot tapper. I mean, that sounds like a recommendation, doesn't it? <laughs> 